Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of my podcast, Calvero Speaks. I hope everyone is doing well, as well as you can be, as we enter the new year, year three of fucking pandemic nightmare world. Uh, I have to confess right off the bat that I am kicking the continuation of the narrative and the sequel of the Leaving Chicago episode. I'm kicking that can down the road once again for another episode. Uh, I am resolving to try to stick to a monthly schedule this year. I'm at least going to fucking try. Um, along with releasing much more music than I have been previously. So we'll see how all that goes. But once again, like last time, I sat down to outline this episode to move the narrative for forward to keep telling the story. And I just had too much other shit on my mind <laughs> that that was getting me going. And I think it's important for creative outlets like this. You got to just ride the wave. You got to go where inspiration takes you. So if you're new to the pod, welcome. This is going to be another free-flowing episode. The, the podcast has been weaving in and out of a narrative. The narrative of my story, my story as a music maker, as a mental health struggler, among many other things, and, and my journey that has led me to where I'm at now. And so, if, if you'd like, after this episode, you can take the opportunity to get caught up, uh, so you'll be all caught up when I get back to it, but let's get on with the pod, shall we? Uh, before we begin, I'm excited to announce that I'm releasing my next single, I hate when I think about you uh, next week, depending on when you're listening. Uh, January 26th, my new single will be out. It's been a long time coming. I had been working on it off and on for about two years, just about. Uh, I had started the production process really right after I finished Black Rain around May of 2020. Uh, so I took my sweet ass time with this one. If you've been a long time listener of the pod, I'm sure that uh, I chronicled some of the making of this song and, and the struggles and the process going through it. So keep an eye out for that song. If you're a Spotify user, give me a follow on there and I think you'll get notified when the song comes out. Uh, once it's out, if you save the song, uh, add it to a playlist, I think that helps its odds with a bunch of algorithmic bullshit. I don't fucking know. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. We're all trying here. While we're at it, let me uh, knock out a couple more personal plugs before we get into it. Uh, if you enjoy my work, my music, the podcast, the TikToks, whatever, uh, the best way that you can support me is by joining me at patreon.com slash calverosings. And uh, there's a link for that in the show notes as well. I do posts on there on Patreon pretty much every week. Uh, for all access patrons for five bucks a month, you also get a monthly demo. Last month, I shared a demo of the next song that I'm working on with the actual final Final lead vocals that I'm going to be using for the track. So my Patreon is going to be a cool way for you to get an inside look as these songs are getting made. Uh, I mean, if you've been a patron, then you heard a version of I Hate When I Think About You, my upcoming single, way back in December of 2020. I actually wrote a couple different versions of that song, which I'll be sharing on there. And I'll also be sharing demo versions of some of the songs I've already released, like uh, You Were the Only One and Believe, for example, to correspond with the upcoming podcast episodes about them. I've already got the demos of uh, Vanishing Streets and When I Was Your Love on there. Um, so if you wish the podcast, this podcast was a bit more frequent, I also do vlogs on my Patreon that are basically mini unedited versions of the podcast, except you can see my face. So that's my elevator pitch for you to join me 
at patreon.com slash Sings. Also, if you are a songwriter, I do one-on-one songwriting lessons, workshops, and consultations via Zoom. If you need help finishing songs, finding your voice, uh, finding a creative process that works for you, if you need some tips and tricks for writing more pop-oriented stuff or whatever, I think I can help. Uh, I work with people of all experience levels, including beginners, so if you're interested in that, I've got a link in the show notes with a little website that you can check out. Uh, If you haven't already, sign up for my newsletter. I send out updates into your inbox every month or two. I'll be sending one out next week to go with the new single. So if you want very infrequent yet substantial emails from me, then there's a link in the show notes where you can sign up. And let's wind this down with a reminder to follow me on all the platforms, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, Full disclosure, I fucking suck at Twitter. My tweets suck. They're fucking awful. But uh, but look, if you want to follow me there, you can. Uh, so that's it. That's it for self-promo. I'm all about that hustle, baby. So let's slow down now. We got that out of the way. Um, so where are things at with me? Let's, let's check in with me. Um, I feel like I'm riding off a good deal of momentum as much as we talk about the dangers of caring too much about numbers and vanity metrics. Uh, Well, speaking of vanity, last month, a really amazing producer named Makeup and Vanity Set released a remix of my song Black Rain, and it's been doing very well on streaming, at least um, for me. Uh, It's been out for a little over a month. It's already surpassed 3,000 streams. For context, Vanishing Streets is my most streamed song, and that's at about... uh, 3,500 streams, and I released that back in October of 2018. So for the first time ever, I got to almost 2,000 monthly listeners. Before, once or twice, I got into around 500, which was huge for me. But for the past three years, I've kind of been hovering around like uh, 40 monthly listeners and like 140. So it's an exciting step forward. Uh, that along with my slightly increased public profile uh, due to TikTok, um, it's definitely made me feel like the three years of releasing stuff seemingly into the void without really any growth, um, it feels like that persistence has started to result with some tangible movement, some tangible growth. Um, Really, the most tangible movement for myself as an artist for probably my entire career. Uh, And I gotta say... I turned 34 last week and to feel like things are just starting to pick up and the fact that I can see some ways forward career-wise, it just makes me very happy that I've rejected the timeline of 20-something success story or bust, um, the thing we've talked about ad nauseum on this podcast because there are just so many different paths available. Um, So I'm feeling excited. I feel like, look, last year I only released one song. The year before that, I only released two. In 2020, I released Wait and Falling Forever. And Falling Forever had been sitting up in my fucking hard drive since early 2018. Uh, So I've been hacking away at this music shit at a snail's pace. And I feel like I'm ready to put my foot on the gas. I've talked a bit in previous episodes about how uh, really last year... I've finally started feeling that things are coming into focus for myself as an artist. That I'm really starting to become the songwriter and the singer and the producer that I've wanted to be. 
Uh, I think I chronicled in previous episodes that one of the reasons that I hate when I think about you took so long to make was that I used that song to really try and learn mixing stuff. I was really clueless about compression, EQ, all that technical shit. And I guess I kind of still am, but I took my sweet ass time so that I could really explore those concepts and figure out the fuck I was, figure out what the fuck I was doing a bit more. Uh, now, obviously, for your creative work, your creative practice, you want those to always be things that are pushing your skills forward. You don't really want to arrive somewhere. It's an ever-evolving thing. Uh, you want it to be a, a, a practice where you're always trying new shit out. You're always figuring out your own techniques. Uh, you're figuring out new things, figuring out your own process, letting that process evolve and change. That's the beauty and the fun of creating stuff. And I gave myself the excuse that I really had next to no fucking clue uh, what I was doing, particularly in the production department, but particularly in the technical side of production and mixing. And I basically wanted to give myself all the time that I needed to figure out <laughs> what the fuck was going on. And to be honest, I'm glad I did that. I'm, I'm glad I gave myself the time and the space. I guess you'd call it woodshedding. I, I forget if I've talked about that on the pod. That That's the legend of like, um, who is it? Uh, Charlie Parker auditioned to be in Count Basie's band and then he got rejected. Uh, he, he didn't get in. And so he spent like a year or two woodshedding in a cabin. I, I wonder, I think that might actually be where the word came from or the term came from. And then he came out of that process as fucking Charlie Parker. Um, so look, I, at this point, there's no excuse for me to be dragging my feet along anymore. Because look, I've done commissions for video games, uh, doing Calvero songs for video games. There's one that's out called um, uh, Retired Men's Nude Beach Volleyball League. There's another one that hasn't come out yet. I signed an NDA, I can't fucking talk about it. Um, but I had deadlines. And I finished one uh, one in two weeks, and I finished the other one in a month. Uh, and that's writing, writing alternate versions, recording, doing my insane amount of 200 vocals, producing, mixing in a month. Um, that used to happen in the span of a year or multiple years for me. So now I know I can do it. Now I know I'm I'm ready to take what I've been exploring and chasing and seeking and figuring out and I'm ready to put the foot on the fucking gas and uh and streamline that shit. And look, I'm not saying I'm going to cut corners, I'm not going to I'm not going to uh I'm not going to make things that I'm not proud of, but I'm just ready to go. I'm ready to make shit, set myself some deadlines, release it into the world and move on. I, and I'm going to try to release at least four or five songs this year. I, and I want to keep that momentum up. I might fail miserably and, and it's not all in my control, but I'm going to try my damnedest. Um, and to go with this momentum, I also reached out to some artists, uh, some artists that I'm friends with, some that I just know from online, all artists that I admire. Uh, all artists who have significantly higher profiles than me. And I asked them if they'd, want to do a song with me uh not with me as a writer or a producer but but like as all of that and as calvero as as an artist and this was actually difficult for me to do uh, i still carry a lot of fear a lot of fear of rejection 
fear of the meaning that my depression brain would put on that rejection. But I am really getting over that phase, the near lifelong phase of beating myself up for where my career is at. I'm, I'm trying to walk away from the insecurity that may come from not having reached certain milestones, whether it's getting a certain number of streams, certain number of followers, making a certain amount of money, getting written about by so-and-so publication. The feeling that not reaching these milestones makes me not a serious artist. It makes me lesser than. And I was afraid that getting rejected by people who had reached those milestones would bring that feeling, that compulsion to bring myself down back. Um, but you know what? I've gone through the therapy for a few years and I've learned that it is important to set yourself up for rejection from time to time or for things to go horribly wrong. Um, and look, I've certainly experienced plenty of rejection. My career has been chock full of it. Uh, at some point when I continued the narrative, I've got a great story of being rejected by literally every fucking music publishing company known to man just about. But setting yourself up for potential rejection is just so important for pushing things forward, not only for your career, but also your ability to weather the storm, if you will, the ability to take a knock or a couple knocks to lick your wounds and move on. And so I've resolved that putting myself out there, um, one of the biggest benefits is to just not spiral out if things don't fucking go my way. And that is really the personal growth that I need. I mean, like it was nerve wracking even asking uh, Makeup and Vanity Set to remix my song. I noticed he was following me on Twitter. Uh, I didn't I didn't know how he knew about me. Um, He'd messaged me and said he was a fan once once I followed him back. Um, but still, I was so self-deprecating about my stats and my career status once I checked him out and saw like his his credits and uh, the fan base. He's, he's a guy who's got a and the quality of his music. Um, he's a guy who's got a sizable fan base for his own music. And he's also scored stuff for fucking Batman, for TV shows, uh, for for really big podcasts like Up and Vanished. I think that's the name. Um, and I didn't know if it was like inappropriate for my 100 monthly listener ass to ask him about a collaboration. And I think I spent a long time ruminating about whether or not I should ask. And when I did, he responded instantly and was super down. And he made a really awesome remix. And that remix uh, got pushed out to a lot of his listeners, and that's been by far my biggest exposure on the platform of Spotify. And that's been very exciting to go uh, and to happen so soon after all the exposure I've been getting on TikTok. And so that happened because I took a risk and I went outside my comfort zone, and it's really no fucking big deal. And, and I decided that I got to do that more. There's all these people friends, people I admire who I've been wanting to ask to do a song together for fucking years and I just hadn't. I've spent a long time, I guess, just waiting for things to happen to me. Uh, and sometimes things do happen to me. I mean, the, the two video game opportunities came to me. All my writing work with my friend David from the Cataracts and Terra Jr., that kind of came to me, I guess. 
Um, obviously, it came from me putting myself out there and doing the work and making myself available and prepared and willing. However, I think that it is a challenge for me to seek things out, uh, things that might help my career, because I don't know, the fear, it's all feared, the fear of rejection, being judged, uh, whatever. And so a lot of times I do resolve to just do the work, put it out there, and whatever happens, happens. That can be, that can be kind of a tricky thing if you start feeling like things aren't happening, things aren't moving forward, and you you get resentful and you get bitter. And it's just like, well, what have you been actually doing to uh, advocate for yourself beyond putting your stuff out there? That that's the question. But yeah, I gotta I gotta do more of this shit. The the reaching out to collaborators. I I mean, first of all, just creatively, like. Uh, Black Rain, the original version, I did bring in my friend Rami Atasi to do some guitar, but other than him, that shit was all me. Uh, that was all me in my own little world. I even mixed that fucker. Uh, for I Hate When I Think About You, the song I'm about to release, that was also pretty much all me. Uh, I, I brought Rami again in for a guitar, and later in the process, I brought in a sax player, and then Tim Smiley who's mixed my shit in the past, came back on board to mix it, and he also helped me out with some arrangement stuff. I was going to... I was going to mix it, um, but I just, like, was so close to the song that I just couldn't figure out how to fucking finish it. I just... And I couldn't mix it. I couldn't wrap my brain around it. I tried, like, ten times. And so that's when it's important. That's, that's like when, when you need to get other brains, you need to get other people, people you trust to just like get involved, even if it's just to help you finish something. But, uh, but the last two songs I released were pretty insular. And I think that's fine. Uh, I'm pretty damn happy with them. And I think they're probably the two best songs I've released. I know everyone says that about their most recent shit, but I kind of feel that way. Um, but look, I want to broaden the world of Calvero, and I've resolved, as I've said, to release more music more frequently, and that's got to mean not doing everything myself, bringing more collaborators into the equation, having co-writers and co-producers. It, it's more fun that way. I don't really feel like I have anything to fucking prove on my own. Um, and it, it's more satisfying to bring people into the fold. Um, so there's that creative thing. But doing more songs with other people also just makes sense tactically. Like, uh, I don't have a lot of ways to get more listeners. There's TikTok, which has certainly resulted in some new listeners and some new awareness and people have been discovering me on that app and adding me to their playlists and stuff so that's been great i'm not like a super viral guy the the shit that goes viral on tiktok uh the music stuff is like fucking teenagers writing depressing singer songwriter shit uh so i don't think i can rely on virality with that platform in terms of like my own music I dabbled in like the Facebook ads. I've, I've watched the videos of the gurus explaining how to use the Facebook ads to like pay a bunch of money and target people um, to, to go. But then like you have no idea how many of the people clicking the links are fucking bots or whatever. And uh, I fucking hated it. Uh, I wasted a bunch of money. I don't want to learn how to make it more effective. I don't even really have the budget for that shit to begin with. So I'm not interested in that angle. I don't have a team. I don't have management, I don't have a label, I don't have a publicist. 
So I can't rely on any of that machinery that would have connections to get me on a bigger playlist or uh, or get bigger press or whatever. But what I do have, though, is friendships with a lot of artists who I admire, um, who happen to have much larger fan bases than me, and who like what I do. And through TikTok, I've been meeting other artists who seem to like what I do as well. And so potentially collaborating with them would not only be very exciting creatively, but also like the best option that I have available to reach new people. And I've just been putting it off. I, I've been putting off asking because like I said, I don't know, afraid of rejection, afraid of crossing boundaries, the insecurity, all of it, uh, feeling like I'm not worthy of the collaboration. But look, what I've been doing is I've been collecting these song ideas, these demos of melody ideas, um, without any serious lyrics or any production direction. Um, these ideas that are ripe for someone to build off of. And at this point, I've got like 10 of them. And I I've got lots more that I think kind of suck, but I've got like 10 that I think are really great. And I'm really excited to turn into full songs. And I haven't really had that amount of stuff on deck I've, I'm excited about. I, I don't think I've had that ever. Um, maybe, I don't know, but certainly since pre-Calvero, maybe when I, when I wrote a shitload of songs, there was, and I was in bands and stuff, but for the Calvero phase, this is definitely like the most material ready to go that I'm excited about ever before. Maybe I'd have like two or three kind of on deck that, that I was pumped about. So so I, I've just kind of been feeling like um, I've got 10 of them. And if I don't bring other people into the fold to hop on, it's going to take fucking forever to finish all of these. So it was really seeing the results that came from the Makeup and Vanity Set remix. Just like, duh, I should have been doing these all along. Plus having the confidence of these song ideas that I think are very strong. I was pretty much like it's it's now or never. So I asked some people and everyone said yes. Every, everyone said yes. One or two asked for a rain check due to uh, their schedules, stuff, uh, life circumstances, but no one left me on red. No one said no. There's even an artist who I don't know personally, who I became friends with from TikTok, who's a fucking legend and someone I, I really admire tremendously. I was digging into their discography and now I'm like fucking obsessed with their music. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask. And I asked them if they wanted to do a song and they fucking said yes too. Like sometimes you just got to ask people. They might say no, but you got to fucking ask. It's that simple. And and you might be surprised with what comes of it. And it showed me, you know, all this number shit, the institution shit. It doesn't matter that much. Like these people with millions of streams who've gotten great press on big labels at certain points, whatever, they didn't care that I have shit streams, that I basically have no clout. They like my music and they think it'd be fun to work together, and it's that simple. The vanity metric shit, if you surround yourself with the right people, it doesn't fucking mean much. It's more of just like a fucking industry thing, like when you're sending out the press releases and you need to... Um, you need to uh, have like uh, the pitchfork blurbs or whatever. I remember uh, a couple years ago, I was out in L.A. or I was going to do a trip to L.A. and uh, a publishing company 
was trying to help me help set me up with a couple um a couple writing sessions and they asked me to write up a bio and with with all of my accomplishments and they were showing me all these examples of these other writers where it's like they have 500 million streams under their belts and grammy nominations and and uh and just like all these major artists and producers that they worked with and i'm just like yeah, I'm just like some fucking bro. I, I mean, that's the sort of professional thing where we're like having that clout and those like vanity metrics. It's like it's like a resume. But when it comes to fellow creatives, ideally, they don't actually care about that shit too much. If you surround yourself with the right people, it doesn't fucking mean much. Uh, so this was a valuable lesson for me in fucking taking action. I could have just kept my head down, kept making songs on my own. I think it would have been good. Um, but, you know, this is this is going to be way more fun. And it's going to help find more people who know about Calvero and go back and discover the music I've already released. So who knows what will actually materialize? Shit happens. But at the very least, I made the first step and got all positive results so far. So I'm sorry to be vague about all this. I really don't like name dropping, but hopefully you'll know soon enough. Uh, you know, as I'm starting to allow myself to really believe in myself, particularly as an artist as Calvero, which is what I've always wanted to be anyways, an artist, a singer, a face, a performer. I've talked on the podcast before about how I had thought for a long time that my career was going to be a behind the scenes songwriter. I was going to write for other people and I'd do my little thing on the side. Those were just the cards dealt to me. My little thing being Calvero. Just something to get out of my system. I didn't allow myself to see it as anything beyond that. It didn't help in the process of shopping around to publishing companies when I got those Terra Jr. cuts uh, that I had the first five Calvero songs in the can. You know, Vanishing Streets, You Were the Only One, those songs. And none of the industry people liked it. I'll, I'll tell the story more in full later, but I got fucking ghosted big time after people heard Vanishing Streets and all those songs. And I will say, in, in fairness, there was one A&R uh, from a very big company that did like the songs and had some very encouraging things to say. But I remember in meetings, I would just totally downplay my artist thing. I treated it as nothing more than a calling card because I felt it wasn't realistic. I had bought into the idea that my life experiences, my career full of rejection and stalled progress were signs that I inherently was not meant to be an artist and that the small window of time where that could have happened had come to a close. Uh, and it's honestly taken me a long time to get over this and maybe sometimes I even still fall prey to it. So I think I am at a point where I've really been in the process of healing after a lifetime of destructive behavior, being my own worst enemy, being fatalistic, just not believing in myself. And now I'm at the next chapter, and it's about taking action, being more confident. In therapy, I've talked a lot about not putting all your hope in one thing. When I was talking to different publishing companies, I was convinced it was my last chance to have a music career. And when it all fell through, it just about destroyed me. But this time around, it was like, I'm going to get out of my comfort zone and ask some people. And if everyone says no, I'll still be okay. 
and I'll figure out how to push things forward in a different way. That's my whole trip now. It's trusting yourself, trusting that you'll take action and fucking figure it out. That's the answer to all the fear and the bad vibes. And and I'll be honest, going into the new year, I did have some bad vibes. It's, it's not all smooth sailing. I was talking earlier in this episode about having those streaming milestones and things picking up on TikTok. But there can be problems when you take that number stuff too seriously. When you get too excited by it, put too much value in it. Because for the remix, the Black Rain remix, it was getting a ton of streams because it was showing up on the release radar playlist on Spotify for followers of Makeup and Vanity Set. Almost 2,000 streams came from that. But after a few weeks, it took a big dive, as expected. That's how it goes. But I went from checking this Spotify for Artists app, which I know is designed to be just as addictive as all the other social media apps, and it would say, like, seven people listening right now. The day before New Year's. What do you call it? New Year's Eve day? I don't... I had fucking over 400 new listeners in one day. That was insane for me. But it leveled off, as things do. And it's gone back down to what it has been. And similarly, with TikTok, TikTok's been pretty slow. I had that big moment in the summer, got my 10,000 followers. People were saying it was the start of something big. I wasn't so sure. And, and so sure enough, since then, I haven't really gotten any new followers. In fact, I lose followers when I post <laughs> and my videos don't really get pushed out. I, I haven't been as inspired and I haven't had as much of the energy to like really keep that momentum going. I still show up every day and I still do a couple and I try to engage. And look, if I was being the person who I want to be, then none of this would be a problem or an issue at all because I know that this is the drill. It's always going to be highs and lows. The problem is we're all trying to thrive under capitalism. Even if we consider ourselves lefties or socialist bros or whatever. And capitalism is all about growth. You always have to be growing. You have to compare your growth to others because you're in competition with everyone. And if at some point you're not growing, then you're failing and you're dying. And that can be a terrifying feeling. And the fear can creep in. Fears like, what if that moment on TikTok was as big as it's going to get? What if I've ruined everything, ruined my algorithmic chances because my videos haven't been as good since? What if that moment with the remix on Spotify was just a fluke? And that's as big as it's going to be. And it's all just going to get back to how it was before or even worse. I mean, that's all just depression and fear. Um, but look, you, you just can't always be on. You can't always be growing. This shit comes in waves and it can be scary when the wave dies down for lack of a better metaphor. And if you're inclined to depression, that shit can be depressing. But when you're building something, there's ups and downs. And I don't want to always be on. I don't always want to be making fucking five TikToks a day or whatever, trying to make shit go viral. Like I said, in capitalism, if you're not always growing, then you're dying. That's the message we're told. But as a person, I don't think it's fucking healthy to always be on. You don't have to always be on. 
gonna name the episode that that's how important that is and and i personally think I, and i might be repeating myself but what's more important than a viral moment or a hit song or whatever is the ability to weather this storm to handle the lows without completely self-sabotaging yourself or quitting or or being a dick to people or, or just being consumed by bitterness and if you put less stock into things like numbers and clout and virality and fame and you focus more on a very specific mission, you focus on the people who are there, not the people who aren't there. The people who are with you every day, the fans, the appreciators, the collaborators, the friends. You focus on the foundation when it feels like you're having a moment and when it feels like you're a fucking bug on the sidewalk. It's hard. It's hard for me still, but it's a part of the job, really. And I work through my little spiral and I'm back to feeling pretty good. I turned 34 earlier this month. I made an Instagram post about this, but usually in the past on my birthdays, I'd put so much meaning onto what that age meant in terms of what I lacked, what I hadn't accomplished, what my life wasn't. But I've progressed to the point where that's just not how I choose to find value in myself anymore, based on my performance in the marketplace. I've just learned overthinking all this shit, it's fucking pointless. It, it doesn't matter. Just exist. Just do. Just move forward. Or don't. Eat some pie. Watch a, t watch a season of a TV show in a weekend. Whatever. Take your time. Fuel up. Get ready. Abandon the fear. The ups and downs happen. And they're not easy. And you don't have to be a fucking Buddhist monk about it either. I talked about this much earlier on the podcast about my friend Dave Marr's newsletter about how hustle culture values failure and rejection. That you got to get rejected. And then you got to be an alpha and keep going because you, you're one rejection closer to the next win, bro. <laughs> uh, but take the knock. Take the hit. Do what you got to do. I, feel, I felt kind of bad that I had a little depressive episode because of that come down. Um, it wasn't just about that. It was about other things too, but I think I needed to feel sad. And to let I had to let myself feel sad. And then I turned 34 and I ate some fucking pie and I binge watched a TV show. And then I got out of it and kept going. And if I'm able to keep doing that, then I think I'm going to be all right. <clears throat> there, there was a time when I was not able to do that, where the depression and the despair and the obsession just consumed me. And so maybe in the context of the narrative, where I'll be describing a very bad breakdown that led me to leaving in Chicago, the city I loved and lived in for a decade, maybe this episode will make that less brutal because you know that I did get to the other side, like the chicken. <laughs> and do you get it? They're like the chicken. And I didn't get to the other side because the other side of what? The other side of despair, of, of just like misery, of things not being good. Um, I didn't get to the other side of that because I got signed or went viral or made a million dollars or was on TV. There is always this 
narrative that the only way that you will get absolved is by winning in capitalism. Nope, none of that shit. I got to the other side because I've been learning how to deal with disappointment and my own mental trip and how to move forward. So that's going to do it for today's episode. I guess this one was a bit of a quickie. If you like it, let me know. Find me on any of the social media places and drop me a line. I'll leave my email in the show notes too. It's just nice to hear from you. I have no idea who listens to these, so I always appreciate the feedback. Don't forget January 26th, my new single, I Hate When I Think About You, comes out. And if you want the full Calvero experience on a near weekly basis, join me at patreon.com slash Calvero Sings. All right, my friends, I will hopefully be back at it next month for another episode of Calvero Speaks.